Greetings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Very excited about this special episode. How are you? Doing great also, and also super excited to do our Lucifer recap show. To help us out, we have super friend of the show, Elena, joining us. Hello. Super excited to have our first guest. And spoiler alert, she's also my sister, for those of you that <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> spoiler alert to everyone. <laughs> I am the sister, also the special guest, and I am so excited to be here. Yeah, I thought it was very sweet that you wanted to join us. Of course. And she was already looking for a microphone and headphones to buy before I even told her yes. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome, Elena. That's right. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, since you're our guest, is there anything that you wanted to plug? Maybe your socials or something? No, I don't really have any socials. <laughs> I have my Instagram, pixie01angel, but that's like all of my socials. I get your one social then. Yeah, that's my one social, <laughs> but I do get like a <laughs> I don't know. I get a I get a lot of like freebies and I like to show them off there. And that's pretty much nice. it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs> cool. So, all of us are super excited to talk about Lucifer. It's one of my favorite shows, and I know Isela really likes it, and, and you as well, Elena. Yes, of course, yeah. You you got me into it. That's funny. And my brother Poncho got me into it, Alfonso. Yeah, yeah. It's such a family affair, I love it. <laughs> What's funny is uh, just before lockdown happened, we had, I think it was like a Christmas dinner, right, Jose? I don't remember. When we went to Sunny Sushi and you took um, my friend Brenda's parking, she's like, hey, you took my parking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that day was the, when it was the time when you told me about the show. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. Oh, my God. I like, I zoomed through all the episodes. So, yeah, I'm so glad that Boncho originally told you and then you told us. Well, the thing with, uh, with Alfonso is he, he had been telling me for a long time. <gasps> And I know I wanted to see it because I knew that he was a DC character. And it wasn't until he actually came out on Crisis on Infinite Earths. And there was a scene between him and Constantine. And I was like, oh, shit. And first of all, like, it was awesome. They kept it a secret. It was a complete secret as a complete surprise. You know, nobody knew that he was going to be on there. Now that I saw him, I was like, okay, now he's part of the Arrowverse. Now I have to see it. And I want to know who Maze is because they referenced Maze. So I was like, okay, I, I need to know what's going on here. So I went and, and I started watching it and, and I don't regret it. Oh my God. Maze, ugh, one of my favorite characters. I love her so much. I think because she's such a badass. Even my daughter is like, that chick? They make her out to be this like freaking awesome, indestructible woman. And who doesn't want that? Of course, every woman wants to feel like that. Yeah. And then even though she has all the feelings... She is still a badass. And I kind of want to do the little eyebrow thing like her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> her little scar thing. <laughs> like, I want to look like I went through some shit. <laughs> right? Like, I have, a little, I have a little bit of a scar on my eyebrow. I don't know why, but I do. Just get over it, and I have it. <laughs> yeah. If you do have it, then you can start telling, like, different stories. 
Like, oh, and I saved this one lady. She was getting mugged. I got kicked halfway, and that's why I have this scar. <laughs> His boot spur. <laughs> you know what? People do view you differently, though. I dressed up as Aquaman two years in a row. So I cut my eyebrow two years in a row, and people would look at you differently. What? Yeah, normally women, like, they would seem more interested, even though, like, you were talking about Campbell's soup or something. <laughs> Campbell's soup. They would look at you way more interested just because you had that there. Like, they would want to know what the story was. So I almost kept it. And fun fact, my birthday is in November. So it was right after Halloween. And that's when I had to renew my driver's license. So on my driver's license, I have, like, the where I had to shake my eyebrow. <laughs> so, such a fun fact. Would you say that the cut eyebrows are like the intro baby version to like a sleeve? Like women look at you like a little bit of a bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had any tattoos since I don't like needles. So I can't answer that. But at that time, my hair, I mean, it's kind of long now. But at that time, like my hair was like down to here. I looked like the uh, equate version of of Jason Momoa. So, I mean, that made me even more interesting. No, you looked good. Even your hair, when you did like the, you spray painted, spray painted, you, yeah, the gold, it looks good. You looked legit. You were good. You were not equate. Yeah, the equate version, the great value mental. Yeah, and I was minimum 20 pounds lighter too. So, I didn't look as portly as I look Whatever, now. whatever. No. Oh my God, you're such a goofball. <laughs> We are our own worst critics. Worst critics, for sure. That is very true. Now, before we get too far ahead, I did want to announce an exciting new contest that we have. As we mentioned last week, or actually, we haven't mentioned it yet because that that episode (laughs) (laughs) hasn't aired. (laughs) And start recording from here. Okay. (laughs) As I mentioned in some episode that hasn't aired yet. Right. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, actually that episode has a we we normally record about a month ahead. But uh, anyway, when you hear that episode, you're going to hear about us talking about crossing 400 listens on our podcast. We're well on our way to 500, but we're ambitious. We want all the listens and we want you to help us get there. And you all can help us by leaving us a review. Now, the more reviews that we get, the better the chance of us getting featured and attracting new listeners. If you help us out, we're going to help you guys out also. We're going to make it worth your while. You. If you leave us a review, send us a screenshot to one of our socials at greetingstac on Instagram and Twitter or greetingstac at gmail.com. Once we get 25 reviews, we're going to pick a name at random and give you a sexy, technically a conversation t-shirt. That's right. You'll be amongst the first to say that you're a technically a conversation super friend. You'll be the envy of all your family and friends. <laughs> if we somehow get 50 reviews, we'll give away two shirts. If we get 100 reviews, we'll give away four shirts. The only caveat is that we can only ship to the US, Canada, UK, all 28 countries of the EU, and Australia. So we wish we could offer it worldwide, but those are the only places that our shipping partner can send them. So remember, leave us a review. Send us a screenshot of the review at greetingstac on Instagram and Twitter or greetingstac at gmail.com. Once we reach 25, we'll do the drawing. That's all you need to do to enter. Oh, and live in the US, Canada, UK, EU, and Australia. Beautiful. Good luck, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What are you waiting for? Just do it. Yeah. Like Nike. (laughs) We've all prepared a few questions. 
And I was thinking that we could go round robin style so that we, we, we don't descend into a cacophony of chaos and madness. And then we could kind of go from there. What do you all think? I like the idea. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so who would like to go first? I'll go. Okay. Here was the biggest surprise for me throughout the whole season. They have a daughter. Did you guys even see that crazy plot twist coming? I did not know. I didn't either. I was like, what? Yeah, I can't say that I uh, saw that coming. But once it actually came, then I was like, okay, I got you, Lucifer. I got you, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys initially feel? Is she really hateful? For me, honestly, like it took a while to realize that she was actually making a good faith effort because it really sounded from the very beginning that she really wanted to kill him. And then after a while, when she was kind of like giving these chances and like trying to get to know him, I was like, is this her way of trying to get close so she can kill him? <laughs> it took a while for me to warm up. I felt like she was trying to get to know him from the beginning. Like she didn't want to hurt him. She wanted to know what he was about and wanted to instigate stuff, but not totally hurt him and see what he was all about. Uh, that's what I think. You know, typical teenage daughter. I didn't know what to think when she came out on the show. At first, I thought she was one of those angels because you know how there was that one episode last season where they had kind of that uh, family picnic or something and there were like a hundred angels. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was one of those. And initially when she had told uh, Michael that she wanted to kill Lucifer, I thought, oh, maybe it's Azriel or whatever, the angel of death. So I thought it was just my prospagnosia that I had forgotten who that character was. But I think you're right, Elena, because I think that she had the opportunity to kill him. So if she wanted to, she could have. So I think that she just wanted to make like a real dramatic entrance. I mean, she had the biker jacket. She was dressed like a punk. I mean, she definitely made a, a big impression. Yeah, she totally had the whole teenage angst thing going on. Yeah, she had it down to a T. And I'm glad that uh, Jose brought up what she was wearing, because I will say the costumes on her were fucking fire. Like, that plaid leather jacket that she had was so freaking cool. I'm like, where can I buy that? <laughs> Dude, her wings were the best part, though. They were so cool. Her wings were daggers. I know. It was so, yes. It was just awesome. I loved it. Yeah, they did a good job with her and her character. I definitely agree. So what did you think about the promise that Rory made Chloe keep about not telling her why her father was not there? Wait, Rory made Chloe promise? I don't remember this part. She said, you can't tell me why dad is gone or anything. Because if you remember... Really, the reason that Lucifer disappears or, or the reason that he's down at that intersection is because he went to go save Chloe or uh, Rory, I'm sorry. So she had told him that nothing can change, like things have to stay exactly the way that they are. Because that's also when he realizes that his purpose in life is to redeem the people that are in hell, that his purpose wasn't to become God. So what did you think about that? Like, do you think that had Rory not made Chloe promise that, do you think it would have changed anything? I honestly do. I think Lucifer's character seems to be the whole like kind of contrarian, you tell me I can't do this and I'm going to fucking do it type of thing. So if they told him this is who you're supposed to be in life, then I think it wouldn't be as meaningful if he actually came to that conclusion on his own. Honestly, the, the whole part, I didn't think it was fair. 
I think that uh, she was expecting way too much of him. And it, it just wasn't fair for him. And he was trying so hard to be the, the father, the person that didn't abandon her, whatever. And so, um, I mean, at the end of the, the show or whatever, we see why he did what he did, right? I don't know if this is supposed to be like a spoiler alerts <laughs> kind of show or not, right? Am I supposed to say? I guess we're going to assume if somebody's listening to this, they've already watched that. Right. Or either they don't care, so they don't mind the spoilers, or uh, <laughs> they'll just end up skipping it. I don't know. The whole time travel thing, it was kind of a weird problem for me. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think about the whole time travel thing? I honestly liked the twist. It made me think if she went through all this to stop something from happening or getting to know her dad or whatever, seeing what the hype was about. <laughs> I was like, something has to be really crazy that we're about to see. So it kind of made me look forward to seeing each episode like, oh, is this where we get to find out? And then you know, obviously she was like sworn to secrecy or whatever. It was a little weird to be perfectly honest, but it made it more exciting. Yeah, same. I thought it was pretty weird also. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, she just she doesn't want to spill enough information because she doesn't want things to change, like Back to the Future, right? You don't want things to change, and that's kind of like what she's going at. But I mean, this is the first time for her that she has time jumped. How does she know if she were to share whatever information that she knew about the future was going to affect the future or make it even worse or better? I, I guess that was my my biggest question is like, why couldn't she just share what she knew all along just to make the situation better for everybody? And she didn't want to. Like, it was a whole like Marty McFly thing for Back to the Future. You can't say anything or else it's going to just change the future altogether, right? Well, it's because she had said that she realized now why her father was not there. I think her fear was that had Chloe told Rory about her father and the reason that he disappeared, she wouldn't have gotten angry enough to travel back in time and meet her father, I guess, as a grown-up, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Because like we have different views of our parents. We remember the way our parents were when we were kids. And then like now that we know them as adults, they're almost like different people. Like she wanted to maintain that sanctity and she didn't want to ruin that. But that didn't make a lot of sense. I think they were just looking for a reason to have Rory travel back in time. And that was kind of like the best thing that they can come up with. Yeah, it just, it didn't make sense to me either because I'm thinking, you know, at the very end when she's like, oh, okay, this is why you don't come back or why you haven't shown up. I just kind of feel like that should have been a memory already. So I think it was actually something much bigger and she didn't realize that it was going to be bigger and bigger than her, but... Like Jose said, when she came back, she was like pissed off. And, you know, like you had mentioned, she's like just full of angst. But she went back to find out what the heck happened or whatever. And then she has this epiphany like, no, I can't tell you what happens because now if she tells him what happens, then he's not going to become the tag team god. And now he's not going to help all these people because he would have chosen his family. But now she sacrificed that time for the greater good of like everybody. So she kind of stopped thinking as like a selfish teenager or however old she was supposed to be. And she kind of was like, you know what, let me share this gift with like the world. 
I guess that makes sense. That was the beautiful thing that I saw. I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. She's sacrificed. <laughs> that was what I thought anyway. I really saw her as like a selfish little teenager. Uh-huh, the whole time. And that was what was cool is her character development didn't really happen. Until the, like the very ultimate end. That's it. Yeah, there was like really small advances. You know, her heart was starting to get a little softer every once in a while. But then, oh my God, do you guys remember the episode where they were going to go get tuxes fitted together? That was so heartbreaking. And then finally she's like, damn it, why did I believe him? You know, and she kind of like hardens her heart again. I'm on Lucifer's side. She says she wasn't going to go. So why would he expect her to be there? Even though she said, well, okay, you said you were going to be there. Okay, but things come up. Yeah, well, when you're a teenager, you know, you're like, that's it. That's it. She's in her 20s. And also she's like an angel. So she's way older than that age. <laughs> that's true. Because even though like um, Chloe had said like, oh, I die 20 years from now. She's like, no, like, remember, I'm an angel. Like 20 years is I'm older than what I look like. So she's way older than what she looks like. We're assuming she's like in her 20s or uh, a teenager, but she's just, she's way older than that. She just hasn't developed the emotionally, yeah, emotionally matured. Because of the whole daddy issues, I think. Well, isn't that kind of true to life in general? Yeah, I agree. I know Jose, Jose can probably tell us all the women he's probably dated with <laughs> daddy issues. <laughs> I don't want to hear. Still to this day. <laughs> right. <laughs> daddy issues and poor decision making have been my best friends uh, <laughs> when it comes to dating. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, bye. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the show, folks. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my gosh, you know what I was thinking, you guys? We should have had that cocktail that they had. Do you remember Dr. Linda made Satan's Whiskers, that drink? Oh my God, that would have been perfect. I know. I even looked up the recipe. Let me tell you what it is because it sounds freaking delicious. Yes. It's gin, sweet vermouth, brandy-based orange liquor, which is almost like, I think I'm like that Grand Marnier. Orange juice, two dashes of orange bitters. Doesn't that sound good? Yes, we should have done it. Oh, my God. I know. Why didn't we do this? Okay, too late for that now. Now we have the <laughs> recipe. Our listeners can go make one, and then they can report back to us. <laughs> that one episode of the cartoon, how did you guys like that one? It was, like, so different from all the others. But it was so funny. I loved it. It felt like the comedy was turned up a little bit more on that one. The people that did the animation, they were the same people that do the animation for the Harley Quinn cartoon. Ah. Uh, very similar. Yeah, I like how uh, they looked in their underpants and they were very smooth. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> were. <laughs> they're like, oh, there really is nothing underneath there. Okay. <laughs> that was very comical. I agree. Yeah, I and then it. the devil had all of the uh, chest hair and he was like King Kong. <laughs> I was like, that's not the way he normally looks. He's usually all smooth shaven. But it was awesome. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Chloe, do you want me to grow my chest hair out? She's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. It was a great episode. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, it was very interesting. It did catch the attention of my one and a half year old. It just because <gasps> it looked like a cartoon. <laughs> did it really? That's funny. Yeah. That is cool. That butt chin was like extreme though. Oh. He looked like John Travolta <laughs> with that fucking butt chin. 
<laughs> yeah, he did look. It, it was pretty deep. That was a deep butt. A deep cut. He was like, what did you think about my chin, Chloe? <laughs> Dude, I, that's why I really liked it. They were like, what? <laughs> it was cool. He also didn't have control in that realm. Yes. Very different. True. You couldn't Beetlejuice his way out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Did you have any questions, Elena? I want to know why Miss Lopez was so hurt about not knowing about the, the entire thing. Like, why did she take it so personal? It's a huge thing to know that you are living amongst a devil and a god and angels and all that stuff. And she couldn't get over it. Why was it such a big deal? I always create false memories. <laughs> so you all have to keep me honest. But I want to say that in one of the episodes, she did ask him like, oh, so you're telling me you're Lucifer, you're the devil. And he's like, yes, yes, that's what I've been telling you all along. And then uh, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, right, a crime-fighting devil. Yeah, right. So she kind of dismissed it. But Lucifer, from the very beginning, was honest. He's like, yes. Yeah, he never lied. Like he always says, I never lie. And he never did. He never lied. Yeah. I, too, thought it was like she was making a little bit of a mountain out of a molehill. But, yes, I thought that was a little bit strange, especially because everyone was being very forthcoming. And now they were just like, what do you mean? We've been telling you this forever. And even though, like, she thought he was a character, uh, what's it, a method? No, not a method. A method actor? Yeah, a method actor, right? Right. I mean, even though she thought that, I thought she was just being way too... Like, hurt. Hurt. Yeah, it was a little too much. Yeah, it was It was way too much. I don't know what made her finally start actually questioning it. Like, I don't think they really answered that. I was like, why did she start questioning it now? Like, why now? Well, because remember she had said that she was still praying, and for the first time she felt like nobody was listening. And then if you remember, she busts out with that murder board... Where it's got like all the <laughs> the yarn and all that shit. And then that's where she starts tracking everything. Like first it's the reports of disappearing socks. And then it's that frog falling from the sky. And then the mosquitoes. I want the mosquitoes gone. Why is it going to hurt us if the mosquitoes are gone? <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Well, I know the connection between mosquitoes and bats. And bats need to pollinate a lot of our food. I don't like it. Dude, trust me, if there's two things I could eliminate in this world, I don't know how, how the other one works in like the food circle of things. It would be mosquitoes and roaches. Get those out of here. Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway. I had heard a podcast where they're talking about that, about eliminating mosquitoes, because like they bring so much disease, especially in, in developing countries. You know, there's like people that die from malaria and all sorts of crazy shit, diseases that they get West Nile. And there's another sexy new virus that they spread. But I forgot what it was called. <laughs> sexy? I know. Yeah, it's a sexy new virus. It's so sexy. All the cool <laughs> kids have it. <laughs> I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what they were doing, um, I think, I, I want to say it was in Brazil, is they were releasing sterile males into the ecosystem. Because like when the females mate, I, I think like after they're done mating, like that's it. They're not uh, polyamorous. They're not going to mate again. So they're not going to reproduce. And uh, like they released something crazy, like 10,000 sterile males or something to try and lower the, the population of the mosquitoes. 
Oh, wow. That is very cool. And in it, they were saying that, yeah, there are bats, like you were saying, they eat them, but they also eat other insects. So they could eat other things. And, you know, like spiders, they eat other insects also. So pretty much everything that would eat mosquitoes, their diet could be supplemented by other insects. So that was kind of their justification for it. Oh, that's really interesting. Now I want to read about that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to read what kind of impact that actually had. But anyway. Yeah. We're digressing. I have a a kind of a shallow question. What's up with Adam from Adam and Eve? Oh, I came out at the end. Yeah. You would think that this guy would look way better. Yeah, especially because this was the first man. I think like God would have like wanted to take his time and mold. I mean, look how beautiful he made Eve. That is true. This guy looked like some kind of, I don't know, hobo. With a fucking beer belly? Yes! Unless, is it possible, Adam was hot at the beginning, and then he just let himself go. I mean, maybe, but he would be like a hot let himself go. He was not... Right, that's true. The face was not all that. I thought he looked like a tech bro to me. I could imagine him hanging out with uh, your BFF, Elon Musk. El Elon, Biggie. Like, what's the name of the guy from Twitter? He's like a 45-year-old guy that comes out, like, to press events with sandals and wearing, like, dirty-ass T-shirts and everything. Like, he, he's trying to look like he's, like, still going to college. Dorsey, Jack Dorsey. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I really wanted them, to, or his character, to look a little, a little more on par of Eve. I mean... I wanted them to make a somewhat cute couple if they were going to be together for at least a couple of eons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. He was not at all the type of Adam that I would have envisioned. But since we're on a, a shallow thing and we were talking about Eve, okay, this is just, we're, I'm, I'm going to girl out for a second. The nail polish on Eve was like this dark, like almost like a blood red, almost maroon, burgundy color. Oh, God, it was so pretty. <laughs> it was so pretty. I was like, I really want that nail polish. <laughs> anyway, sorry. And since we're on the topic of shallow, I never once noticed the color of her nail polish. I don't think you would. That's, what, <laughs> that's why I said I was going to girl out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be your favorite part, Jose. I'm glad that you didn't. (laughs) Right. One character that I would have loved to have seen was Tom Welling come back. I think he was the only major character that didn't end up coming back for the finale. I'm thinking maybe he could have made a cameo. Maybe if it was just when uh, Lucifer and Chloe went to hell, maybe they could have walked in on Tom Welling's hell loop or something. And really, you know, of all the characters, he even brought back... Mr. Set Out Bitch. (laughs) Mr. Who? Set Out Bitch. Remember? No, I don't remember that one. He was like, oh, come on, we can, like, let me take your van. Lucifer was trying to get him to confiscate. And then he's like, what's your name? What's your name? And he's like, I said out, bitch. And then he's like, Mr. said out, bitch. So (laughs) when he saw him again, he's like, said out, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. I was going to say they brought back the police officer from the pilot or the first episode where he pulls him over. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's the first scene of episode one is that police officer that pulls him over. And then he asks him, what is it that you desire or whatever? He had all the cocaine and stuff and it wasn't as happy or as peachy as he thought it was going to be. But isn't that like a great story just for like people in general to think like, just careful what you wish for. 
they had these really great life lessons and life little gems where if you weren't paying attention and just like, oh, this is just entertaining, you could totally miss it. But if you're like paying attention, you're like, you know what? That was a really great message. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Charlotte Richards would have been cool too. She was there. No. What did she? I don't remember seeing her at all. Just at the very end, she was laughing with and eating with um, Ale- uh, Kevin Alejandro's um, character. Oh, my God. Dan. Yeah, Dan. Oh, I don't remember at all. They were getting served in heaven and she ate something cool and fancy. And then, of course, what was funny is like they served him uh, pudding. And I'm like, of course, Dan and his damn <laughs> pudding that he, somebody would always eat. <laughs> it was really cute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't remember that. And I just finished watching it today, and I don't remember that at all. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, dang. It was on the last episode. Okay. I'll have to watch it again. Oh, so good. I'm probably going to watch it again just because it was so good. It really was. Yeah. And then what's up with Chloe and the Amenadiel thing <laughs> and then, like, trying to, like, kill Lucifer? You mean how Chloe was, when she was all, like, drunk with power and stuff like that when they were, like, fighting? Yeah. Well, I, I think... She really enjoyed knowing she could go toe-to-toe with these, like, celestial beings. And she was always, like, she had power before, but I don't think she had power on this level, metaphorically and literally. So, yeah, I think that's really what, what that was about. It was interesting to see her, like, all drunk with, like, power. Right. That's crazy. And you're talking about when, when Chloe was trying to fight Maze, right? Well, and she was fighting Lucifer, too. Oh, Okay. Yeah, well, they would get, like, kinky or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, but Lucifer was hiding the... Yeah, Menadiel's, like... Azrael's blade. Yes, the Azrael blade. Yeah. Azrael's blade, okay. And then she took it because she didn't want to lose her power. And then it got all crazy. And she almost freaking killed Lucifer because of that. I know what scene you're talking about now. And so he was like, we need to take this away from you. And she's like, I don't want to. I don't want to lose my power. And then, like, eventually she realized that she needed that away from her. Yeah. I think, um, unless I created another false memory, <laughs> I think he had said something like, it's a problem that all addicts faced. And she was addicted to having that power. That's the reason why she was being like that. Well, I could see him being personally connected and, re- like, him relating to that. You know what I mean? I could see why he was trying to, like, connect with her on that. Like, hey, don't beat yourself up about this. But he saw what was happening. It was, like, really, you know, excessive. So did you guys have any uh, final thoughts about the show? The last season in general. I don't know if you guys noticed one of the earlier episodes. It was one of those things that, like, if you weren't paying attention, they were dropping, like, really interesting little knowledge, little knowledge nuggets, if you will. I got my barbecue sauce ready. Yeah, dipping it in. (laughs) So um, when the drag queen was giving that speech and he was basically saying that what he was wearing was almost like some type of an like an armor and it gives us that self-confidence. And I think like that happens to like a lot of people and even a lot of women. Like that's kind of why we wear makeup. That's why we wear lipstick. That's why we wear heels or whatever it is. Those are the little things that. If we strip that away, like the main idea is you should still have that confidence because you are still that person without those like things that we think make us who we are. Right. It was a neat little softly inserted moment. (laughs) 
I mean, I guess for me, even though it's still ongoing, right? The whole um, black and white thing, right? The, the racist thing, the racial profiling. I think it kind of hit home, you know, with Amenadiel being a cop and then his uh, partner. Yeah, his, his boss or whatever. Right? And then they were trying to shield that one girl. I can't remember her name right now, but uh, she was completely innocent. And the detective that's supposed to be like the supervisor or whatever was trying to pin it on her just because of her race. And it had nothing to do with the crime or whatever. I think that was like the biggest thing for me. I don't know. That was a really important moment too. Yeah, it's it's really sad, you know? Yeah, I thought if you weren't paying attention also, one of those things like giving people a real chance and how it had to be a men deal, the underdog type of person or someone who wouldn't necessarily have like the regular stature to like investigate these things. And he still went and he was out in the community and talking to that lady and having pound cake and stuff like that. And I, I think even just in general about policing, which is, again, they touched on such a great topic. I personally do think that's what policing should really look like. It should be them making connections with the people that they're protecting. Because right now, people of color don't feel that at all. At all, no. And I think on a lot of the other DC shows, DC has really distanced themselves from law enforcement and the police, especially with the whole Black Lives Matter things and what happened with George Floyd. Like on The Flash, Iris's dad, Joe West, he was a detective. And like they made a whole storyline where he decided to quit the police force. Barry Allen, he he was like a forensic person. He was kind of like a... Ella. Yeah, Ella. So she was like that kind of character where she where he would go and, and investigate the scenes and everything. So they kind of distanced his character from being like forensics. In Batwoman, uh, they had like the dad. I think he, he got put into an insane asylum or something. So And he was involved in something called the Crows, which was very much... Like their law enforcement, so that was kind of a way to write him off of it, and they ended up turning the crows into. I mean, there was always like the corruption end of it, but they ended up making them like the real bad guys. So I thought that it was interesting that they took a different approach on Lucifer uh, from like what all, all the other DC shows were doing. I haven't watched any of those other shows, but since you have, I'm curious what your opinion is on. Those, since they distance themselves from making any statement on what's actually happening in the world right now versus the one in Lucifer, and they actually very clearly kind of took a stance. I found that inspirational the way that they did on Lucifer, the way that that they were portraying the way that police officers should be, but I don't think it's going to make a very long-term change in actual police officers. I applaud them for even trying. So I, I thought it was, and it made for great, you know, a great episode. I think it was even, was it last season when, um, no, two seasons ago? When was that one? When he first met that kid that he had to just give back the drugs. He didn't want to, you know, look the kid that gets shot and stuff like that. So, I mean, I thought, I thought it was really, it was really great. I mean, one can only hope. Yeah. I hope so too. Also, can I just shout something out? Sure. In, I think it was episode 10, they played a band from El Paso. Did you guys catch it? No. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. The band is called Cigarettes After Sex. Oh, I've heard of them. I'm sure 
We're all familiar with that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think I have heard of that band, though, but I don't remember them being on the show. What's funny is I was watching the episode and my daughter came out and she hadn't been watching it. And she's like, oh, can I catch up? But I said, oh, we're going to try to do a recap so we can watch it later. And so she kind of hung out with me a little bit on the couch and she's like, oh, and they're like having a conversation. You know, the characters having conversations. She's like, listen. And then so now I'm trying to tune out the conversation and I hear it and I'm like, oh my God. So it was actually my daughter who caught it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's (laughs) such a good song too. They're like, I know Jose, that's like not your deal because they're super calm. That's not going to be your bag. Which episode was it? I'm assuming they're like at the bar at one point. They're at Lux, no? Okay, I wrote it down. It's episode three and the song is called Don't Let Me Go. Okay, I will look it up. That's the episode that we find out that it's his daughter and they they make the guy liner joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love that part. (laughs) I caught towards the end where they played My Chemical Romance and I was like, oh, they're playing MCR. That's cool. And I like that song. So, and I thought it was a fitting song for the ending. It was very fitting. I totally loved it. But they've always had good music on. I think they played Portis had once. And I mean, that was like a nice blast from the past. They've always had really good music. I love that show. I had read somewhere that Tom Ellis, with the exception of season one, he sings on all the other seasons. Nobody knew that he could sing. So they had brought in some guy to come in and, and sing the song. And then everybody went to go have some beers and they went to a karaoke place. And then they saw him singing and they're like, oh my God, we didn't realize you could sing. I said, well, nobody <laughs> asked me if I could sing. It's like, oh, we could do so much more now that we know that you could sing. So that's when they started incorporating so much more music and more musical performances and everything. When he sang his version of Radiohead's Creep, oh my goodness. I also saw an interview where Tom Ellis was talking about that particular rendition. And he was like, look, before you guys kind of like try to change it yourself, let me try my hand at it. So it was all him. Like he actually rewrote that or kind of composed it like himself. So I was like, oh my God, this guy's like pretty talented actually, (laughs) you know, he could hold a tune. And then in the later seasons, when they started incorporating like dance routines too, oh my, it was straight up like (laughs) musical. It was so fun. So, so fun to watch. For sure. Yeah, I was. I did enjoy it. And I like musicals. So I thought it was fun. And then there was that uh, song that him and the daughter uh, sang together. <sighs> what was it? It it was so good, though. I don't remember either. But I do remember liking it, though. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I had written it down. Because I remember it was really, I was like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. It was very, <laughs> <laughs> it was emotional. <laughs> well, I thought that was really sweet. Speaking of songs, while, while you look at that. Mm-hmm. That when Chloe and Lucifer sit down at the piano one last time, they play the same song that they played at the very beginning, the first time that she sits down at the piano with them. They played, uh, said Chopsticks? Yes, like the Heart and Soul. Yeah, Heart and Soul. Yeah, there you go. That that was very sweet. It was really, really cute, especially because we knew that somehow he was going to leave her. I was like, what's happening? No. It was really cute. I agree. Oh, also, okay, I had a quick question. When did Amenadiel and Dr. Linda end their relationship? I don't remember that. Yes, I don't remember that. I don't remember that that happening. Okay, the wedding happens and then she's like sleeping with some dude, some rando. I know, but is it a zombie, right? It's supposed to be a demon. 
No, he was a regular dude. That's what I want to know is like, all of a sudden, he, he comes to wake her up and he's like, oh, cool. Okay. And then it's that guy, the rando guy. And I'm like, okay, where's the money deal and why doesn't he care? Yeah, those were the unanswered questions. Like, what what triggered Ella? You know, now, why did that get triggered? When did that relationship end? Those weird things. And then, like, how come we don't see the daughter anymore? Like, who the hell's taking care of her? She's hardly ever around. If she was in science camp. Oh, that's right. Going back to the song, it was the bridge over troubled water. <gasps> Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. Okay. But anyway, going back to Linda and... Amanda Deal. Amanda Deal, yeah. I don't know when that relationship ended and when she started to sleep with other people. Yeah, I was like, did they even talk about it? I was like, I must have missed something. Yeah, I feel like I missed something too with that. I had that same feeling the entire time also. I was like, wait, what happened? Did I miss something? Okay, then I'm, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't just me. I can't believe we haven't talked about the wedding. You touched upon it earlier. Oh, my God. What a cute wedding they had. Eve and Mazakin. Oh, dude, her freaking wedding dress was the bomb. <laughs> it was so freaking cool. Eve's wedding dress was so pretty. Honestly, the dark flowers, I, like that bouquet, gave it a really cool freaking touch. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. It's so cool. Also, fun fact, we're still going to do some fun facts because we're still technically... A conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the original bride dresses were black. Only wealthy people could afford white dresses. So Mazikeen's dress was kind of fitting. She looked metal as fuck, though. I loved it. Yes. It did look really, really cool. It was perfect for that show. And then, like, the venue. Can we talk about the venue? Oh, my God. That Disney concert hall is amazing. It looks freaking, like, you can take any picture. You can take a picture of someone throwing up, and you're like, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you can take a bad picture there. <laughs> that was the venue, the Disney concert hall? It's the Disney concert hall. Um, he's a real famous architect. His name is Frank Aguirre. And if you look him up, he also does um, the Guggenheim in Spain. And it looks very, very similar. It's all got that really cool, spacey, you know, very unique vibe. Awesome. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I also didn't know. I'm an architect nerd, too. Sorry. <laughs> well, on that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at greetingstac, email us at greetingstac at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us, 